0: Welcome to episode number 146 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. Today, presented to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. So I'll start off with a trivia question. Anybody know who the American League leader in ERA is? Anyone? Anyone? Eric Swanson of the Seattle Mariners, would you like to chime in on that?
1: Um, Yeah, I believe that'd be me at the moment.
0: Yes, it would! <laughs> Thank you. That's all we have time for. We appreciate it. Great job today on the show. That was... Oh, wait, There's more.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'll see you later.
0: Yeah, perfect. What percentage of baseball fans know that is the answer?
1: Uh, my assumption would be not very many.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, you could win a lot of money if you walked around and, and asked. I think
1: I probably could yeah. probably good. I might start yeah. doing that before uh, I got to go to the field.
0: Yeah. Is that, um, how nice is it though that you're, you know, I mean, you're a guy that's battled. You were traded twice before you even made it to the show. And here you are at the top of the charts. That ain't like, don't you walk around the house a little bit? You're like, you look at your wife, you're like, you know, you're married to the AL leader in ERA.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's a good feeling for sure. Um, it's uh, we had the ups and downs a little bit early on as a starter and, and made the transition into the bullpen and, and kind of took me a couple years to get here. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a good feeling.
0: And the team itself, I mean, the Mariners have had the best record in baseball in in the American league, I think since June 21st, I want to say. And, 21 is an important number where you live right now, or at least where you're employed, because it has been 21 years since making the playoffs. That whole shit has had its doors blown off with the way you guys have played. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I imagine if I were to take a poll of the guys in that clubhouse as to whether or not you could win the World Series, you'd have a lot of yeses in there, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think everybody right now is on the same page with that. Uh, you know, we all love where we're at right now. We got the team to do it. Um, it's just a matter of of doing it at this point. Um, and there's a lot of excited guys in that clubhouse and there's a lot of excited people in the city of Seattle right now. So it's been pretty fun.
0: What is the atmosphere? uh, Because it, it's always looked great even when, you know, they weren't making the playoffs up there at Safeco. What, what is it like now during a, even yesterday's game during Labor Day?
1: Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh we got a little taste of it last year in September when when we had those those big series against Oakland and uh, LA. Um and it's been that way pretty much from the start to to right now. Uh every every week we come back home midweek games, doesn't matter what it is, people are showing out and it's it's been pretty fun. It's it, it's felt like playoff baseball for the last month here.
0: Mm-hmm. What do we call the bullpen? I know that some, there's been some Mariners fans that have tweeted at me. What's the name of the bullpen?
1: Uh, I believe it is the Los Bomberos.
0: Yes, Los Bomberos. Yes. Okay. Who is the leader of Los Bomberos? It's got to be somebody. Is that you. Uh,
1: I give that title to uh, Mooney. Mooney's the one that came up with the name, so he gets that title.
0: Okay. He's, he's all, the chief. Do you guys all play roles out there? Like, is there the funny guy? Is the, the weirdo? Is there the smart dude? Like y'all have to have roles, right?
1: Yeah, I feel like that's every bullpen, though. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's got the the guy that jokes around the whole time, uh, the the guy that likes to be serious. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely roles out there, but we've just been loose pretty much the whole year. It's been kind of fun. Um, everybody's just kind of relaxed and and doing their thing when when they need to do it, uh, which has been
0: pretty cool. What's your role? If I were to ask around and say, "What's what's what's Swanee's role?"
1: I would say most guys would say I am probably the not so serious one. That was That's, that would be me.
0: Let's can we clean that up a little bit? Because that sounded really boring. That was like you were putting it on a uh you know my college application. I am the not so serious one. I am clown? I am the
1: guy who likes to joke around and and do what I'm not supposed to be doing for about the first five innings of the game. Give me Once that example. fifth inning rolls around, then I can kind of clean it up and, That's fine. and and lock it in. But for the first five innings, I'm usually the guy who's, you know,
0: pushing buttons. Okay. What does that mean? Oh gosh. Take me through a day.
1: Yeah, take you through a day. Um, I don't even know where to start. Um, I mean, I feel like first five innings out there, I'm bouncing all over the place, telling stories, trying to figure out what guys did the night before, talking, talking TV shows, movies, whatever it may be. Turning around, interacting with some fans out in our bullpen. Mm-hmm. We got a great we got a great bullpen for that. We got people that are lined up all the way around, so it's uh it's pretty good bullpen to be doing that, but
0: um yeah just having fun with it on the road do you like talking to the fans too or is that dangerous
1: depends on where we're at for sure uh new york is kind of a fun one to to interact with some fans they uh they have some polite fans there i don't know if you know that or not new york's fans are are pretty easy going
0: yeah Mm -hmm. they're really easy Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely Do you uh do you fight back when they're polite with you? Uh, no, (laughs) no. We
1: uh, we had that conversation. I forget who it was with this year. Somebody was chirping back when we were in New York, and Matt Festa, who is from New York, um, was like, "Dude, what are you doing? You're just you're never gonna win this. Just let it go. They got way more energy than you got. Just let it go."
0: I've heard some great stories of that place, that one in philly I've just heard are unbelievable they are i've
1: yet to I've yet to cross Philly off my list, but new york is is definitely one of my favorite places to go um I mean that aspect of it you know I kind of embrace i like that side of it um but that that atmosphere is is unbelievable man. You play there on a weekend series um especially the last couple of years when they've been the way that they've been. Um, it, it's fun to go in there and play.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. How was my hometown? You were just in my hometown and kicked my team's ass in Cleveland, Ohio. So that wasn't a lot of fun for me. Plus, you guys had a gazillion hour rain delay. So there were like three fans left after the game. Were they nice to you or were they rude? Do I have to clean it up a little bit?
1: Uh, I don't think there's anybody left.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, we had a five-hour rain delay. I went in the clubhouse and played about 12 games of cribbage and walked out and I was, where's everybody at? But Oh, I mean, our, what do
0: you expect, people to sit around after five, a five-hour rain delay where, you know, they were like they could see Noah's Ark? They were like, ah, I think we maybe should leave.
1: No, I don't. Uh, I had some buddies that were at the game. I told them to to head home. They were driving down to Cincinnati. So, um, yeah, I would have done the same thing. I would have taken it to the house. Five-hour rain delay, I'm going to stick around for that.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I've already had one of your bullpen mates, Paul Seawald, on the show. Um, And it was interesting because it was not that far after the fight in Anaheim. And we got into a discussion about it. And he told me, well, I wasn't out there. I was like, "What, what do you mean you weren't out there? And he went on to proceed to saying, hey, you know, it was early in the game. And usually that's the time I'm either riding the bike or doing something in the gym. So I didn't even have shoes on. I had shorts. And there's a delay on the TV. And he had every excuse in the book, which sounded legitimate. And then I had to bring this up to him. Who gives you the most shit for not being there? Swanson. Swanson. Swanson has no problem giving me shit about everything. <laughs> also, I send it right back. But that one, there's not. what am I supposed to say? I wasn't out
1: there. I wasn't out there with the guys. I have let him know. Multiple times. Probably do it again today. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, we've we've let him hear about it for sure. Um, that's kind of his routine early in the game. He's doing his stuff up in there. But I told him I'd like just throw a pair of shorts on, come out in your flip flops, like you're good to go. At least you're out there,
0: so we can find you on the tape, right? You're somewhere in there, aren't you? Yeah, you'll find me out there. Uh huh. What? Well, but you're—I mean, you're kind of a big dude too, right? Yeah, kind of, kind of. Yeah, you're a fairly large human being. So don't you have to go find like Otani and kinda of square off with him?
1: Um yeah, probably not. I don't I don't I don't know if I'm gonna go find Otani.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> he uh I think he's he's probably got more guys around him than anybody else does on that team. Yeah. Which is yeah. smart. That's smart. I feel, so- I feel like if you're taking on Otani, you're probably taking on about six other dudes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, not smart. So what do you, like, because this one kind of flared up and it went over n- near the dugout and the crowd and the whole bit. What, I- what is your role? Because I know, first of all, you're sprinting in from the bullpen because you really don't even know what the hell is going on at that point. Yeah. So what do you do? Do you try and find somebody to, or do you play Peacemaker? What's your role?
1: Um. Well, first off, coming in from the bullpen. So in, in Anaheim's bullpen, you have kind of the double-decker. Right. Our bullpen's up first, and then we got, uh anaheim's behind us and uh you gotta run down the stairs go down through like kind of the the walkway and then there's the gate that's in left field that opens up well i was the first one to the gate but i couldn't get it open i'm sitting there jerking (laughs) on the i'm sitting there trying to get the the gate open yanking on it and i got guys behind me like open the gate open the gate i'm trying i'm trying like it's stuck finally i got it open we had a couple of guys that actually hopped the fence that were over there. So they got in there first and then I got in there. And uh, I don't know, at that point you get in there and everything's kind of diffused At you know, within the first minute of the entire situation. Um, by the time I got in there, it was just John yelling back and forth at each other. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a little intense. Things got a little heated there for a while and then it kicked back up once we were in there. And, um, but yeah, It was fun. Gets the blood flowing.
0: That sounds like a Saturday Night Live skit with you being unable to get the door open. I'm sorry. Even though it's intense and everybody's ready to go, I would have been laughing my ass off because I couldn't open the gate.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we were laughing about it after the fact. But yeah, in the heat of the moment, I'm getting pissed off. and I'm like, all right, come on. Let's get in there.
0: At what point did you notice that your back end of the bullpen dude was not out there? Um, probably when we got
1: back out into the pen and we were talking about it, and then the next inning he comes strolling out, and oh, there's Paul. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, he got some crap for it. He's he continues to get some crap for it, but uh, yeah, it's. uh, I think he what did he say? How long did he say the TVs in the clubhouse
0: were were delayed? He said it was like a minute delay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to call him out on that. It's not a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, Dude, he, he makes me laugh, and I'm so happy for him that he's kind of found the right place. Because you know, it didn't start off great in New York and all that sort of stuff. But I could easily see that guy being an accountant. I mean, both his parents are like successful accountants. Yeah. He went to school in San Diego to be an accountant. The whole bit, like you look at him, you don't think like big old reliever You think back oh, end, hey, back end you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's, Paul's awesome. Um,
1: We started the year last year at the alt site together. Uh, neither one of us had ever played together. We got to know each other just briefly in spring training, but spent that first month together at the alt site and he's great. But yeah, you look at him and, and talk to him. I mean, he's a very smart guy. He knows what he's talking about. But yeah, the accountant thing is spot on. You said that and I was like, I think his parents are both accountants, but mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, he's uh I mean you look where he was at a few years ago in New York, kind of turned things around last year and then just carried over into this year. Back end reliever went went from from no job to non-roster invite to closer in a matter of like seven months. So that's pretty cool. And
0: mm-hmm. for you, your journey's been equally impressive, right? You went you went for? Did you go four year school and then Iowa, a community college in Iowa? What was the process? I forget here.
1: Uh, so I went to a another junior college in Illinois. I went to Wabash Valley um, for my freshman year. <clears throat> Things didn't really work out there. I ended up transferring to Iowa Western um, as a walk on there got an opportunity visited there for a little bit and um, pretty much fell in love with it right away. And and Mark Reardon, who was the man, or who was the coach there at the time um, pretty much said like, Hey, all we got is a walk on spot for you. Um, if you want to come and I was like, yeah, I'll be there.
0: See you in the fall. Okay. But th- we're not talking like Vandy and Mississippi state here. When I mean, we're talking, the middle of Iowa or wherever the hell it is. I don't even know where it is. Were you still dreaming major leagues at that point?
1: Um, yes and no. I'm a very realistic person. Um, I'm not naive. I, I kind of can see the writing on the wall. After I left my freshman year, um, I knew my window was closing pretty quick. And I wanted to go to a competitive junior college and I was kind of. Research in different places. I, I researched like Miami Dade in Florida, who's notoriously good for, for getting guys out of there onto the next level. Um, they wanted nothing to do with me. A couple other schools down in Florida. And then I reached out to Iowa Western because they had been to Grand Junction, which is the, the junior college world series. They'd been there like the six years prior to that. Um, it's kind of a shot in the dark. I happened to be driving through there to go to a wedding in North Dakota. Um, so he ended up bringing me on and had a little bit of a visit there and got there that fall and kind of just worked with their pitching coach a little bit, got in the weight room a little bit more, um, and things just just started to click, jumped, jumped in a bunch of VLO, um, ended up getting some, some exposure there was committed to the University of Pittsburgh for my last two years. Um and then when I got drafted, signed with Texas instead.
0: Ended up being an eighth-rounder, right? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's a, it's a long way to go from probably where you thought you were, and then all of a sudden you're an eighth-rounder, and then we're talking about, yeah, you got a shot, but were there times where you're like, man, this just – this ain't going to be it. I'm going to have to find something else, because you mentioned you're realistic.
1: Uh, yeah, for probably for that that whole summer before into – into that fall, my first fall at Iowa Western. Um, yeah, there's some, there's a lot of, uh, conversations going on, on, you know, do I have what it takes to, to, to really do it? Um, and it just kind of happened really, really quick from, from that point on. Um, I had a really good fall. Like I said, I ended up committing early to, to pit. Um, and then it all just carried over into the next spring spring season as well. Um, but it just it just happened really really quick. It's something that I really never expected to happen. Um, I'm glad it did, obviously. But uh, yeah, there was there was some some close times there where where I didn't know what what the heck I was going to do after really after that
0: year. So, mm-hmm. well, I guess the point is dream big. You never know might you might end up finding it. So that's cool. It's a good story. Yeah. Hey, more of the show coming your way, but first I want to tell you a little bit about Win Reality. It's the VR-based training application available on the MetaQuest Two. Gives players access to unlimited game speed reps, no matter where they are. In fact, the cool thing is you can even use your own bat. You've probably heard a lot about Win Reality. It's very cool. Uh, the pitcher library consists of 600 plus pitchers from 8U all the way to pro baseball. They work on the release, the spin the speed adjustment, wherever you are, you can do this in your own freaking house, go outside, grab your bat. And it helps you with your decision-making, with pitch recognition, with your confidence at the plate. And here's the cool thing. Uh, There's a lot of MLB teams that use it. College teams ad infinitum, they use it. You know who else is using it? Paul Goldschmidt. Is he having a good year? I don't know, maybe winning the MVP. That ain't a bad tool for him as well. So the coaches rave about it. The players love it because 43% of them report that they have more confidence when they walk to the plate. And as we know, a lot of hitting is what happens between the ears, right, up there in the old dome. If you're confident, you're going to be good. If you're able to recognize pitches and lay off the tough one, spit on that one, crush that one, you're going to feel much better. So it's all about checking out Win Reality. I want you to go do it right now, winreality.com slash Rose. Go sign up today become a more confident hitter and a better hitter so you get drafted by texas you end up getting traded twice i mentioned the first time was at the deadline for carlos beltran correct yep yep okay yeah kind of a cool thing put on the resume were you not too uh, bad were you shocked were you sad were you excited get traded to new york yankees it's not terrible
1: uh yeah all the above actually um i had no idea I like kind of at the point. I was having a good year, but um, not like a, I guess, a fantastic year. Um, never in a million years thought I'd get traded anywhere. I just never thought I was at that that point in my career. Um, and I was getting ready to throw a bullpen at the deadline. It was like 20 minutes before the deadline had hit. You're seeing other guys getting traded, whatever, go. Um, and at the time, I was playing with Dylan Tate,
0: mm.
1: who – was the the headliner of that trade. Um, and we had heard that he had gone. So I was like, all right, like he's heading out of here. Um, and I was throwing a bullpen and one of our special assistants was there at the time. He said, Hey, just take it easy for a little bit. Your name has been thrown around. You might get traded here. And then it's like five minutes later, I got called in the office, started talking, Dylan and I were sitting next to each other. And I'm like, all right, well, guess we're going to New York together. Um, but yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I was excited to have a, another opportunity with with a brand new organization, um, and just kind of excited to get a fresh start. I guess
0: not just a organization.
1: Yeah, the New York Yankees, and not at bad. the time, one of the one of the best analytic organizations um, there was. And and I've told a lot of people this. I give credit to to me being there that first year to really learning how to pitch with, with my arsenal. Um, mm-hmm. At the time when I was with Texas in 15 and half of 16, we didn't have a ton of the analytics stuff, the, the instant feedback. Um, it was just still kind of a little bit of old school um, before the, the heavy analytic transition into where all the organizations are at now. Um, and then I got to New York and they're like, yeah, we want you to start throwing your fastball at the top of the zone. I'm like, well, why did I do that? My whole entire career I've been told to throw down and away to lefties and righties. So why am I now going to start throwing up the top? Um, so I went through that whole transition phase when I got over there into trying to figure out how my pitches play. Um, took a while, but I think that is a, a really big reason as to why I am where I am now.
0: Good. That's cool to hear. I like that. Yeah. Um... Then you eventually get dealt up to Seattle, which for some people is a little jarring. A, we've talked about the lack of playoff appearances and all that sort of stuff. So you go from New York to Seattle. But then on top of that, it's like, he's a Seattle. That's like in the middle of freaking nowhere. But here you are wearing a North Dakota shirt. Isn't that what (laughs) you're wearing right now? It is what I'm wearing, yeah. North Dakota State. North Dakota State. Okay. Shout out, Trey Lance. Shout out, Carson Wentz. And now... Let everybody know where you live in the offseason.
1: Uh, I live in Fargo, North
0: Dakota. Because you picked that. Uh,
1: yeah, yes. Well, yeah, I guess I did. Um, I was born there. Bounced around a little bit growing up. I uh, went to high school in Cincinnati. And then once I got drafted and, and did my first year in Pro Bowl, uh, my brother actually asked me if I wanted to move up there and live with him for, for a winter. Um, one winter turned into two winters. And then the third winter I got my own place, met my wife. Um, I still have a lot of family up there too. Um, I love it. I love the outdoors. I love everything that, that uh I get to do up there. Don't necessarily love the cold all the time, mm. but I find I find things to
0: do. Okay. See now this is always it, right? Like my wife and I always talk about if we ever left California, which it's I mean it's hot as balls right now, but it's you know, most days, January, it's like 72 deal. with Yes. Perfect. It. Uh, it is not 72. It might be 7.2 degrees in Fargo in January. That'd, that'd be on the high end in January. High end. Yeah. yeah. Are there days where you look outside and you're like, what are we doing? Or are you just like, ah, eh, this is it.
1: Uh, yes, there are days. Usually it's right before I get out for uh spring training. Um, I kind of have the exact same moment every every year when I'm loading up my truck with all the stuff for the season, and it's twenty below zero and I'm like oh, i can't just I can't wait to get out of here. It's twenty below freezing cold I'm making fifteen trips in and out of my house. My house is now probably down to fifty degrees because the door is open the entire time um so that's usually the point I hit every year where I'm like, I just want to get down to Arizona, get to AZ, get in some nice weather, go golf, go to the field, do all that stuff. Um, but yeah, and I get to miss about two months of winter every year. So the people that actually live there full time, they're there for, you know, the end of March, early April, where it's still, you know, there's still snow on the ground, still snow on the ground till
0: sometimes mid april what do you do on a January day? I mean, I know that you can hunt and I get all that stuff, but man, it's like anything else? Um, yeah. I
1: mean, that's majority of what I do is, I mean, I spend a lot of my time in, in the outdoors. So I'm hunting in the fall, hunting in up until probably December. And usually when December hits, I'll go ice fishing. Um, I really enjoy doing that. I'll try to do that a few days a week. Um, if I'm with my brother-in-law and, and father-in-law, we'll go snowmobiling, do some of that stuff, um, just kind of find stuff to do outside or or stay inside, uh, and that's usually peak peak time where I'm starting to to throw and all that stuff. Um,
0: so yeah. Okay, I have to I have to come clean with you. Um, we're meshing great personality-wise. I'm not so sure I could handle the outdoors. I, even though I grew up in Cleveland, I'm not great. Like, I'm not a good hunter. I'm not a good fisherman. If you've seen me on Intentional Talk, I don't handle the fish well. Is there a <laughs> is there uh, something different about ice fishing where I could really – like, don't you just drill a freaking hole and sit there with a pole? Isn't that it? Um, that is
1: – yeah, that is one way to do it. Um, I, I explain this to a lot of people every year. It depends on the type of ice fishing you do. If you take it serious, and there are times where I'll really get into it, you go out, and that's kind of what you do. You drill a few holes, bounce around the lake, try to catch the fish. But when it's January and it's 20 below zero out, it's kind of tough to do that. You don't really want to move around too much. Um, so I kind of do – There's there's times in January where I get to do kind of a spoiled version of ice fishing. Like hear this. Um, here it is. My in-laws have what's called an ice castle. And an ice castle, if you Google it, it's a giant fifth wheel, pretty much. It's it's a trailer, is what it is, but a very nice trailer. You have a few beds in it, you have a stove, you have um TVs, nice cabinets, all that stuff. But on the bottom of it, you have eight pre-like set holes that all have like heavy plastic covers over them. So you haul this thing out on the ice, drop it down. It's got a hydraulic system in it, drops down on the ice, and then you drill with your auger from the inside of the ice castle, drill your holes, however many you want. If you want to drill eight, drill eight. Um, And you sit in there. It's got a heater. the entire. It's got a thermostat on the wall, so the entire ice castle is – you know, 73 degrees if you want, 73 degrees, and sit there and leave your rod in, jig if you want, play cards, drink beer, watch movies, do all okay. that sorts of stuff. So Forgive you can do my, that type of ice fishing.
0: Yeah. Forgive my stupidity. If I put something that heavy and I heat it up on the ice, won't it melt?
1: Uh, No. So that time of year, there's usually probably close to two feet of ice oh um and and the the main lake that we go on it's northern minnesota where we go half of the borders canada half of the borders minnesota um there's regulations to be able to get out on the lake look at this so this is it you looking at one right now
0: yeah holy shit it's pretty nice huh Oh, yeah, that's massive cheating in the ice fishing world. There's no way that's going to stand up in an ice fishing court of law.
1: There's a lot of people that have them now. They're, uh, I forget where they're made. They're made in Minnesota somewhere, but in the wintertime, you see them on the the highways all the time. People going from lake to lake. Summertime, people use them to camp. um, So you can use them as both, which is nice. Yeah.
0: The fish might just want to get caught just to get warmed up. You know? Yeah, right? I mean, Holy smokes. That is quite an apparatus. Like, are you going to invite Julio Rodriguez to go on one of these in the off season? And will he accept
1: anybody who wants to come up can come up, but yeah, I should invite Julio. That'd be, uh, it'd be pretty interesting to see how he'd react to that one. Oh man. He'd have a good time though. I'd make sure he had a good time.
0: He seems like the best kid ever.
1: Yeah. He's, uh, I've said it pretty much from, from day one of spring training, which was this year was really the first time that I've actually interacted with him often. Um, I mean, the, the, the guy comes into into the field every day with the exact same attitude. doesn't matter. Like he's always got a smile on his face. He's always joking around. Uh, he works his ass off when it's time to work. He works. Um, I mean, he's the ultimate, ultimate competitor. Uh, so it's going to be pretty cool to see him in Seattle for however many years he can be there for. It was like eighteen. 18 yeah, I was years, say like 30 more years. Or I'm something. Sorry,
0: when that <laughs> announcement came out, I mean, I don't think anybody's surprised that the Mariners wrapped up Julio Rodriguez. You know, four months into a career, nobody's surprised by that. But when we heard like a possibility of an eighteen-year, almost five hundred million dollar deal. Even y'all had to be taken back a little bit. Uh, yeah, for
1: sure. It took me a little bit to really figure out the, <laughs> the, the, like the way the contract was structured. When it first started coming out, I was like, what? Like, what, what, is, what is happening? I have no idea what any of this means. Uh, you sit down we all talk about it a little bit, whatever. Um, I, I mean, I think it's pretty cool the way they structured it. I mean, for, for a guy like Julio, Julio is a, a, a prove-it guy. He loves to prove people wrong. Um, And he loves to prove himself right, which I think is pretty cool. So, for him to have such a contract that's based off of performance, um, incentives, stuff like that, I think it just fuels his fire. It's going to be something that, you know, he has his eight year guarantee, whatever it is. Um, I don't think he cares about that. I think he cares about playing in Seattle as long as he can possibly play there, which is. Well, I think that that contract is structured pretty good for for both sides. Um, So it's going to be cool to see to see him in Seattle for the next 14 to 18 years, whatever it is.
0: And I just love his story. I know that his parents, super smart people. They put education first. They told the Mariners like now he's graduating from high school and he will learn English. You know, like that's part of the deal. And we all remember what happened a couple years ago with the jackass who the Mariners got rid of when he said on the Zoom, well, he, you know, can really make a face of the franchise when he can't speak English fully. And I imagine Julio heard that shit and was like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the star.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 sure that's the way he thought. I'm sure there's a lot of people that thought the exact same thing because it's you talked to Julio then and now he speaks perfect english you can have a conversation with that guy for for hours and you'd never have the problem he his english is awesome you can tell how hard he's worked at it over over uh the last 5 years that he's been been in the states or been with the mariners um he's a really smart kid man he, and he he works hard with, and everything he does he takes pride in everything he does which which is super cool mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm
2: Hey, football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly and as an added bonus. For week one, DraftKings, they treat you so good, they just throw in bonuses at you left and right. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win, and if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So take the Jets. They're going to win anyway, so, I mean, might as well just put all your money on the Jets. Seven point underdog anyway. Why not? Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code ROSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now back to the show.
0: I'm curious what you think. Um, I've asked a lot of guys this about the whole judge versus Otani thing and I think I think it, we kind of lose sight because we're so focused on the MVP race. I mean, you're in the same division as Shohei Otani. Like, when you have grandkids, aren't you going to be like, I played against that dude. Everybody's going to be like, what? Like, really? There was a guy who would win 15 games a year with a two-and-a-half ERA and hit 40 home runs. Like, really?
1: Yeah, that's a – that's a tricky one for me. You look at the, the MVP race last year and it was Otani and it was, um, Vladdy. Yeah. Um, last year, in my mind, no brainer. Otani. What Vlad did was super special as well. Um, but then you mix in judge right now and what he's doing. And it's like, well, how do you, how do you pick one of these? You got a guy who's, what is judge at right now? Like
0: 54.
1: 54 home runs. Um, not only that, but he's hitting like
0: shade above 300
1: right now, whatever it may be. Um, and then you got Otani who's doing it from both sides of the field. And it's like that right there in itself has never been done before, at least in a hundred years, whatever it's been. Um, so he's doing stuff. I feel like every day I'm opening up Twitter and I'm saying, Oh, Otani is the first person in baseball history to do this, to do this, to do this. It's like, it's something new every week. Um, so it's kind of hard to argue against that. But then you look at judge and it's, that's also hard to argue against. Um, but yeah, to be able to say one day that I did play against Otani is, is one of those things. I've never really thought about that before, but you say that and it's like, holy shit, like the guy that you're playing against is going to be talked about forever, forever, forever and ever. Um, and what he's doing is, is super special. It's super cool to watch. It's fun to be able to compete against him, um, at least as a, as a pitcher standpoint. Um, I wouldn't want to step in the box against him, that's for sure. But, um, no, it's it's cool. It's cool to be able to say that uh, you get to play on the other side of the field as him, and um, there's so many great, great competitors in this game right now. So to be able to to, to play against a lot of them is just – Sometimes you got to kind of take a step back and and think about it in that way, which is pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Um, You know, out of the bullpen, unfortunately, the setup guys don't get the love that they should in front of the closers because the closers, it's like they're trying to protect a one-run lead. We're three outs away from winning it all. And they also get a massive entrance song. And right now there is nothing better than what we've got going in New York with Edwin Diaz, the former Mariner. Thanks to uh, Timmy Trumpet. Now, don't you think every closer should have their song performed in person at least once a year by whomever, whatever group they choose?
1: Yeah, I think that would be sick. I think that's a great idea. Whoever I'm trying to think other closers around the league what they have, but yeah, that would be uh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, when 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 they did that last week when uh, Edwin walked out, that was I couldn't even imagine being in that stadium. I bet that place was going nuts.
0: Right now, now college football like they did it at Ohio State this weekend. Like yeah. this is really beginning. You know, Timmy Trumpet's going to get his pockets lined. Roe is going to enter it. At- different tax bracket
1: hasn't how long's has that song been out it's been out for a few years hasn't it yeah yeah
0: but it's, it's really blowing up blowing up what's what's your song
1: what do i walk out to yeah i walk out to uh hillbilly deluxe by brooks and dunn so country song
0: okay everybody's got their choices you yeah. like that wouldn't get you all fired up if they're out there performing
1: Hell yeah, that would get me fired up. That would be sweet. See, put in a put in a word if they show up. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Okay,
0: but this isn't this isn't on me. This isn't on you. This is on the teams. By the way, that you're not boozing it up at this time of day, right? It's a little too early for that.
1: No, this is cold brew. This is not a Guinness.
0: But <laughs> by the way, it's fine. I'm not sitting here judging you. Do whatever you <laughs> want. I'm not going to tell you what's in this. Um. Yeah, this is imperative that the organizations, that's what I would do to reward all my relievers. I'm going to bring whatever band it is, whatever musical artist to perform when you come in at least once during the year.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. Could you imagine?
0: Places would go nuts.
1: Oh, it'd be electric. It would be electric. have like every Saturday night or whatever it may be have, uh... Whatever group it is, line huh. it up.
0: Come on, I mean, why do I have to think of all the great ideas in baseball? I, it, it should not have to be on a fifty-one-year-old man with a dad. It
1: sounds like you should be working for Major League Baseball.
0: Well, I did at one point. It didn't that didn't go great after a while? That's okay. Um, there's been a couple of times where I don't know who even started the circle after the the dance circle after the game. Who started that? Uh, I think I was j p. okay uh you have been involved a couple of times yeah how are your moves uh
1: better better after the first time first time threw me off guard uh where was it at it was in I was actually in in uh, l a um the night before all that stuff happened. It was my first save of the year, and I think we had just started it like the week before, so i just completely, completely lost lost uh what we were doing. And uh, Cal's like, "Hey, man, like, come on, let's go dance, go dance." I got out there. I was like, "Shit, what am I supposed to do?" And they're changing directions, all this stuff. My my rhythms off, whatever. But after uh, after the first time, it was a little bit a little bit simpler. And now we got the whole team out there doing it. And well, we boy, we walk it off. Last week we had twenty guys out there dancing around in a circle. Well,
0: oh, <laughs> yeah. that's good.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, not every reliever gets to finish a game. So some guys are going to feel a little left out. I got to be honest with you.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. I'm sure somebody's thinking that.
0: Yeah, so I like the I like the group idea. It doesn't have to be every time because we don't want to spoil it. You want to keep it special. Sometimes things more special in a smaller group, but occasionally, I think like once a homestand or whatever, anybody that wants to join in should be allowed.
1: Yeah, why not? Yeah, like we, we. I mean, we've only done it with with whatever, the 20 guys the one time. We walked it off in of the 11th inning. Mm-hmm. Good time for it right there.
0: Yeah. It could be like a big bar mitzvah. Everybody just gets in a circle and we just all go. We just all go for it. I'm um, in. I'm in. I love, the, uh, I love the play Sam Haggerty tried to make in Detroit where he did a little Spider-Man and ricocheted <laughs> off the freaking left field. Yeah. Fence, did y'all think he was like dead?
1: Um, right away, I think it was everybody thought we were trying to figure out if he caught it or not. We knew he had it. And then he fell back, the ball came out. We were trying to figure out if they were going to give it to him. Um, but it happened the like the series before. It's Stephen Kwan and with uh, Jeez. um, Cleveland who made made that play. But we don't have a net there. Right, he dove right into the stands. I know. Um, so I was thinking the same thing as he was running over, and then he went into the net, and then caught it. And we're all like, "Oh shit! Good thing there's a net there." Ball pops out. And then they review it. Whatever, it got overturned. But he's uh, he's making some pretty ridiculous plays out there lately. He's been he's been awesome.
0: I love his nickname, Swaggerty.
1: That yeah, they Swaggerty. It? Swaggerty. He's got this guy's headband up here. He's, Got Swaggerty across the top of it now. I think he's got a giveaway coming up this week.
0: What's, this? what's, what's the Haggerty giveaway? I'm curious.
1: I think it's the headbands. They say, sw- they say Swaggerty on them.
0: Oh, now that's a good one.
1: I thought I saw something on uh, Twitter and Instagram Mariners put out about it. but I'm in. So, yeah. I'm in. Like See if I get you one. I'll send you one.
0: Please? Oh, there it is. Oh, I'm definitely in on that. Oh, that's a great one. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to knock on Adam's door. Adam who sets up all the Mariner's interviews. He's gonna have to yeah. send me that one. Swaggerty night. It gets special. Is that it's this time. week? It's it's a week from today. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like that. I'm in. And by the way, I loved that play by him because it got Scott Service to smile for the first time since two thousand seven. <laughs> oh man.
1: Every now and then he'll let one of those out.
0: Come on. I'm not buying that he smiles like more than twice a year.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe three times. Three. Three times. Yeah.
0: Keeps it on the straight and narrow. I like uh, it. He's to
1: give me some shit for saying that now.
0: That's okay, though. It's true, though. It's true. All right, man. Uh, before I let you go, I've got the wheel of moderately interesting things. You spin it. Ooh. Yeah, we've got a categories on it. It's easy. And today is grade A. Oh, this will be good. What type of student were you in high school?
1: Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was not a good student, and and by not a good student, I would say if you ask majority of my teachers would probably say I was a terrible student. Terrible. Terrible. I did not apply myself
0: in high school. Eric. Yeah. We're. Where was this? Because I worked in Cincinnati for three years. What high school did you go to? So
1: I went to Marymount High School, which is East East Cincinnati, yeah. um, over by like Indian Hill. I know where that is. Yeah, so I, I uh, lived in Terrace Park, went to, went to Marymount High School, um, which by the way is like one of the top public schools in I believe the country. Definitely one of the top, like one or two in the state. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – I did not apply myself in high school very well.
0: Are we talking, like, C student?
1: Uh, yeah, probably. What, what, what GPA is a C student? Probably mm-hmm. around there, a little, little lower. First two years were really rough. Last Ooh. two years, figured out if I don't get it together, then uh, probably not going to be doing much with my life. And then applied myself a little bit okay. more, but –
0: I appreciate your honesty. That's nice. Did you have to have, like, the parental talk? Did Was it that bad where they talked to you?
1: Oh, all the time. Oh. All the time. I was uh, not the best teenager to deal with. <laughs> I've done a lot of growing up since then. You My know. mother would tell you the same thing.
0: Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. should have, Should have gotten parental units on this zoom we could have done a little therapy <laughs> so, uh, but you have you you now have one of each you have a son and a daughter correct i do yeah yep yep i Congratulations. have uh, and yeah, my son is two and a half and my daughter would be two months here in oh a couple days God. oh this is wonderful well thank your wife please for allowing you to spare you know spend a little time i don't take it lightly thank you but i'm just telling you since you did this to your parents you're fucked Oh it's yeah. It's going to come back on you a little bit. I'm it, just telling you.
1: It'll be tenfold. I'm I'm waiting for it. Yeah. I'm I'm waiting for it.
0: Okay. It's all the best adventure in the world. As they get older, my boys are 21 and 16. We've been through all of it. So yeah. it's you know, sometimes what happens is sometimes you get one of each. Like one will drive you nuts and one will you're like, oh, great. This one's easy.
1: One mellows out the other.
0: It's just what order you get them in yeah
1: yeah we'll see my my son right now is is in the whatever the terrible twos, whatever you yeah. want to call it. So he has his moments. He has his moments, but
0: that that's every kid, oh yeah, yeah.
1: It's
0: just when they turn into terrible twenty twos,
1: yeah, or uh, when my daughter is sixteen, fifteen, sixteen, and I get to deal with that. But actually my dad, wife gets to deal
0: with that. Your dad, she will always come back to daddy. that's that's the rumor.
1: I'll be the I'll be the good guy for for a while, mm-hmm. and then mom will be the the one she goes to after a while.
0: I just I I don't know everything about parenting. I will just always say this: just keep communicating. That's a big deal. Always talk to your kids, even yeah. if you think it's like rough stuff, and you don't want to. You got to be there for them. That's it.
1: That's yeah. It.
0: I do have one other question before I let you go, and I appreciate your time. I was curious because with that huge rain delay that you guys had. Then you had to fly from Cleveland late night. You probably didn't get out of there till midnight. It's not like freaking Seattle's an hour away. You had to come home, and then you had a day game yesterday. Weren't you all like zombies? Aren't you just dog-tired? Or how do you deal with that?
1: Um, yeah, it sucked. It was, it was kind of a shitty situation altogether. But once we finished the game in Cleveland um, – Our travel secretary comes in. He's like, hey, we got to get going. Our bus is going to be in 30 minutes. If we don't take off by this time, we're going to be grounded in Cleveland for the night because our pilots have a a time stamp on how long they can actually go for. Um, So we only made that window by like 15 minutes. And we end up taking off, I want to say, like around 1130 Eastern time. And then we got into Seattle at about three o'clock Pacific time, so I, I crawled in my bed at like three thirty. It sucked. And I mean, then day game. Yeah, then then we have a day game. I can't sleep in, anyways. That's not how I'm wired. I'm usually up at seven thirty every morning, so I got up and I'm trying to figure out how much longer I have before I get to go to the field and. But yeah I was yesterday was a, was a long day.
0: I hope you got some sleep last night.
1: oh, I did. I was all in right. bed to sleep by about nine o'clock. Good,
0: that away. yeah, go to bed when the kids go to bed that's all. yeah they're
1: actually they're actually not here right now, so i got uh I got all the sleep in the world. What do you mean they're not here what, what do they do?
0: They go to They're back home are oh, they're in north Dakota?
1: yeah, uh, they're in Minnesota right now. uh they're at my in-laws, but uh, they man. left last last homestand so they'll be gone for for the last uh month of the season they'll come out to kansas city when we go there and then october they'll come out as well
0: i like the way you said that yeah i wish you luck man it was great getting to know you you guys have been an awfully fun ride this year and it's for people that haven't been up to seattle it's awesome and it's just great when the city's so vibrant and excited about their Mariners, which they have been the last couple of years. And I hope you guys – I hope we get to see you in October because that would be a fun team. And nobody wants to see you, I'll tell you that, in the baseball world. <laughs>
1: no, yeah, we're uh, – it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun last few weeks for sure. good. Good.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed it, man. This was a fun time for me. So, uh, best to the uh, to the clubhouse in there. And you tell that, that comedian, Scott Service, I say hello. Absolutely. Yeah, this was great. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. My pleasure. For our amazing producer, the one-of-a-kind Robbie Shirocco, and the ALERA leader, Eric Swanson. I am Chris Rose. We'll see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.